so polite. Is it because of the chandeliers? Okay, that was better. That was better. Welcome. I feel like after that worship wrap-up that the really cute girl just gave, I, don't, I, I feel like I don't need to preach. That was awesome. And apparently, yeah, I'm talking about my wife, so it's okay. People are like nervous. It's fine. It's my wife. Um, yeah, so I, I just found out my, my father-in-law just texted me during worship to say happy fifth engagement anniversary. And I had no idea. So, boo, is this her? No, that's awkward. Okay. Anyway, wherever you are, Hannah, oh, there you are. Happy fifth engagement anniversary. So excited to be here tonight and excited to, to just share with you guys what's on my heart. Pastor Fred is out. Um, he's not feeling well. And so he uh, is just taking the night off to rest and to recuperate. Vanessa says he's going to pull through. It's nothing too crazy. But if you want to bring some macaroni and cheese or something good to eat, you can do that. He might not eat it, but Vanessa and the kids might. So that's all right. But um, so he's out tonight and I'll be uh, speaking and um, so I'm excited to speak tonight because I, I, I feel like tonight might be a little more of an exhortation feel than maybe a, a sermon feel. I, uh, this past Wednesday night was our inaugural uh, service, RC service down the hall in the chapel for Revolution Church. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was crazy packed. There were like 70 or some uh, uh, sweaty, hot, smelly uh, teenagers packed into that room, but it felt alive. It felt awesome. I can say all that because I was the sweatiest of them all, for sure. People there, they can agree. But um, but it was great because th- that night we um, we did. It was a little bit of a party, but I was able to speak a little bit on and and just exhort for ten minutes or so about what I felt like God was saying about this moment for RC. Uh, and, and just as I have this opportunity today, I really feel like in preparing and, and going over this sermon and uh, praying it through that this isn't just a word for Revolution Church. This isn't just an exhortation for RC. This is something for the church. And, and so I'm excited to share tonight. I'm hoping that uh, you will be leave here empowered, leave here encouraged, leaving, leave here feeling just exactly like Terrence said, ready to take on uh, the life that God has in front of you ahead of you. So we're going to be reading in the book of Joshua chapter four. So if you got your Bibles, I don't have any slides tonight. So uh, you're going to have to kick it old school. And if you've got your Bible or if, if you're maybe a little bit more new school and have your iPad or your cell phone, uh, that works too. But we're going to be in Joshua chapter four and reading verses one through seven. All right. Joshua chapter four, verse one, it says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan, carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord, your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all, one for each of the tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial in the future. Say in the future. 
In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Say forever. Forever. Father God, thank you um, that you are a forever God. Thank you that you're a God uh, who's in the moment, who's in the, the right now, but you're also a God who, who, who sits above it all. You see it all, God. And so we come to you tonight just uh, with this moment ahead of us or, or before us, this night that we're in tonight, but we, we come to you with our future. We come to you with our forever and just say, have your way. God, I pray that you would help me to speak clearly and speak only what you would say, God, and, and, uh, and just open our ears and our minds to uh, hear what you have to say in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Awesome. So let me give you a little bit of context for this story that we, where we are in this story where we just read in Joshua chapter four. So this, in this moment, the, the people of Israel, the Hebrew people, they are, have been wandering around in the wilderness, right, for decades. Those of us who uh, watched the Prince of Egypt, we know this from that, right? They, they've been wandering around in the wilderness and uh, for decades, and they finally get to the point where they, they're actually going to realize, they're going to step into what God has promised them. They're stepping into their promised land. And there's a, a really cool kind of symmetry that this moment represents because as the Hebrews, as the Israelites are crossing into the promised land, th- this moment is very similar to uh, when they were escaping uh, out of Egypt, again, Prince of Egypt, right? Escaping out of Egypt and, and God parts the Red Sea, right? Causes the Israelites or the Hebrew people to be able to walk on dry land across the ocean. And, um, but in this moment, that we just read in Joshua chapter four. In this moment, the, the, the spirit of God is resting on the Ark of the Covenant. And because of his presence, the, the waters of the Jordan River are, are being held back. And the people of Israel are just like uh, uh, they were when they were walking, you know, Prince of Egypt, when they were walking through the Red Sea, that, that they're doing that now in the Jordan River on dry land, crossing the Jordan while one side of the river is being held up. It's an amazing picture, and I think it's so cool of God that he would do that again. Uh, But if I think about if that were to happen today, how many of you guys, if you were one of those Israelites, right, you're you're about to uh, walk into, you know, this nation that God's given you, and he's done this amazing thing. Uh, How many of you, 2016, would pull out your phone first thing and, like, snap a selfie in front of, the wall of water that's behind you, right? Like I would be there doing that. I don't know how many of you are selfie people. I'm awful at selfies, but if the time is right, like when there's a wall of water just up, I'm, I'm gonna take a selfie, maybe a Snapchat video, right? Or, or post something on Instagram. If this happened in 2016, this moment would be viral. Everyone would know about it, right? Hashtag Jordan River 2016, like it's going down. It would displace, you know, hashtag lemonade or, you know, Drake's views. It it would be the thing that everybody is talking about. And I'm looking out and I see that I've lost a couple people. So I'm going to slow down. I'm going to slow down. I looked looked this up earlier because, you know, it would go viral, meaning it would become a a, a meme, right? It would be all over the internet. And so the, the, 
definition of this word, internet meme, or this term, this concept. It's an activity, concept, catchphrase, or piece of media, which, which spreads often as mimicry from person to person via the internet. So memes, is, that new, is this new information for anyone? Do you know? Does everyone know? No one's going to raise. Okay, Chris House. I, I got one. I figured probably people wouldn't raise their hand for that. So just in case you don't know what I'm talking about when I say a meme or going viral, I'm the youth pastor. So we talk about important things such as this, right? Um, but, but a meme, right, is, are those crazy pictures or crazy events, whatever, that, that's carrying across, sweeping across the internet that everyone talks about. The thing about memes is that they are everything in the moment, right? Like whatever is trending, whatever is the meme of the moment, everyone is talking about it. it it's in the media. It's in your conversations at the water cooler at work, right? It's, it's on the radio. Viral moments, meme-like moments are everything in the moment. But what happens a week, you know, a couple months if it's a really good viral moment, right? People forget about it. It loses its cultural you know, relevance, it loses its significance, and it just kind of passes away, right? So I've got some examples of those if you're still, like, lost and don't know what I'm talking about. So we're going to put one up here, 2015, the dress debate. Yeah, this is, this is last year, but no one's talking about the dress anymore, but when this was viral, when this was uh, out on the internet, it was everything. I remember, I, I do remember the morning that I woke up, looked on Instagram, and saw like grown men on my feed posting a dress. And I, I was seriously lost, so confused. Like, what is happening? I don't get it. And so, you know, you do what everybody always does. You just follow the hashtags, figure out what's going on. And so, you know, I'm like, whatever. I don't really care, right? Like, who cares what the color of the dress is? But then you go to work and people want to know. Everyone's talking about it. They're like, what do you think? Is it white and gold or is it blue and black, right? And so you form an opinion, then all of a sudden you care and it is everything. You're talking about it everywhere you go, right? It is, it's everything in the moment. And so by the way, I am a white and gold Team white and gold, hashtag white and gold. Everybody else, you clearly don't see that it's a shadow casted on the dress, but whatever. Okay, so, so that was a meme. That was a viral moment that, that took the internet, took Instagram by storm, and it was everything. It was what everyone was talking about, but, you know, like all memes, like all viral moments, it just kind of passed on. And so another one, if we go back even further in time, was the Harlem Shake. You guys remember this? I for real did not remember this. I forgot all about the Harlem Shake until Emily Lee posted this. She's uh, at the Suffolk campus, posted this video. So we're going to play this video of Revolution Church's Harlem Shake. And here it is. Guys, is that when Kamehameha II came down the mountain and killed that guy, it just it solved the problem, right? And that's why the Hawaiians are going to inherit the earth after the rapture. Just so you know. So check it. People are already reading it out. By the way, 
shout out to Malcolm in the middle. We got Tyler Lee from the Suffolk campus. Manny is there somewhere. Tara. Yeah, craziness. Just mayhem. I think Emily Brog or Emily Lee is the chicken. Yeah, craziness. So that is that was the Harlem Shake. Um, pretty intense. Again, one of those things where if you saw it, you were like, what just happened? And that just happened to some of you. Like, what in the world? But if you were there in 2013, you know all about the Harlem Shake. It was everything, right? And so um, that was a cool Harlem moment. The last one I'll share, this is even older than the Harlem Shake. 2010, planking. This was a thing for a minute. If you don't know, this is not like planking how the Deermans would have you do it, right, on that Sunday tea. This is very poor form up here. But planking, like the meme planking, this is, I mean, I can't really describe it. It's just people laying in a plank-like position in random places, and that was a thing for whatever reason. But uh, so if you were to do any of those things, right, if you were to plank now, people would look at you like, what is, what are you doing? Half of the RC kids don't even remember this because they were in elementary school, right? But when this was happening, the, what are you doing, right? No one talks about the dress anymore. So, so these meme moments, these viral moments, they're everything in the moment. They consume everything, right? They take up all your attention. Everyone's talking about it. But they lose all significance, all cultural relevance, just like that, just overnight, right? So if we go back to the story where we started our story in Joshua chapter four. And we look at these Israelites passing across dry land through the Jordan River, or over the Jordan River. Uh, God says to them not to make a meme for lots of various reasons, right? They're not posting things on Instagram about it. What he says is to make a memorial. Joshua chapter four, verse six he says to the 12 men he chose, we will use the stones to build a memorial. And what I want to say tonight is that we are in a pretty exciting moment as a church. In, in this moment, transitioning into this beautiful space at North Riverside Baptist Church. And, but it is a moment, right? It, it's a moment that's finite in history, right? That's finite in our church's timeline, and it will pass. What's so interesting about this story of the Jordan River uh, uh, is that I assume that, that everything kind of went back to normal, right? Maybe the next day, maybe a week later, the river just started to continue to flow like it normally did. And, and a week, a month, a year from that moment, that finite moment in history, it was everything. Business as usual, right? Just kind of go with the flow, whatever. It's the Jordan River, right? It just, it is what it is. And that same, if we're not careful, that same thing can happen with us with this moment in our church history, right? It's a moment. We're excited. I'm excited to be here, right, in this new space. And some of you guys, maybe you're, you're, you're still curious about well, what does this all mean and what will this all look like here? But it's a moment, right? If we're not careful a month from now, two months from now, a year from now, we can, it's business as usual, just kind of go with the flow, everything, doing church as usual, forgetting the significance of this transition, walking into the promises that God has given us as a church. So you get to decide in this moment, in this season of city life, what 
this means for you. I know some of you guys, there's lots of you guys who are visitors, so I can just briefly explain that we are, have been in a, a different building for eight years and have just recently moved in here. And, and so it's a, a brand new space to us, uh, which is really exciting. We're a church that has a vision for a multi-church campus, uh, multiple church meeting in a shared space because God doesn't want to waste space, right? He wants to look down on Saturday and see people in, in church and on Wednesday and on every night of the week, right? And so uh, um, that's part of our vision. That's part of who we are. And so this move for us is, is uh, significant. Um, and so you have an opportunity, those of you who call City Life your, your church home, to, to make this either a meme moment for you, right? Uh, an exciting this is everything for right now, but, but it just kind of passes on, becomes insignificant to you. You're unaffected by it. Or out of this moment, you can make, out of this season, you can make a memorial. And so tonight, if you want to be a memorial builder, and maybe you don't want to be a memorial builder, but I'm hoping that I can convince you you want to be a memorial builder tonight. If you want to be a memorial builder rather than just a meme monger, right, rather than just someone who presses retweet or, you know, likes what's going on here, then there are two steps you got to take. And so the very first step, if you're taking note, is this. You got to think of the future. This is the first criteria of a memorial builder from this story in Joshua chapter four. So if we look at verse six through seven, again, it says, in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. The memorial builders that Joshua called out, these 12 men that he said, go back into the river, pick up 12 stones to create a memorial. Those men were men who thought of the future, right? Um, When we were here just last Friday as leaders and as people on different service teams, SLT, uh, uh, Service Life team, and some other uh, ministries were here on the Friday before we launched. And it was, we did like a little dry run. We did a rehearsal of what it would be like, right? Because it's a new space. And so we were in the sanctuary and Pastor Fred, it wasn't anything like, it wasn't a lot of hoopla or, you know, Chris wasn't on the guitar or anything like that. We just prayed very quickly, very briefly, but it was a powerful moment because Pastor Fred, he exhorted us, he encouraged us as we prayed to ask God for a vision of something that you expect to see here in this space. And so he was saying, you know, you, 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 you might have some kids who are estranged, right? Maybe from you or maybe from God who don't have relationship with him. And so it just have a vision, hold a vision in your mind for, for that young person coming to the altar, giving their lives to God. And he said, you know, maybe you're married, right? And, and maybe your relationship isn't going so great. And, and he said, so have a vision, have a vision, picture in your mind, your, uh, you and your spouse holding each other's hands in those pews during worship. And, and imagine, envision a relationship, a marriage restored and given completely unto God, right? For some of you CYPers who are not married, imagine yourself on these altar getting married, People are like, I do every night. You don't understand, right? But, um, but imagine, right? Envision what you want to see to happen in this space. 
maybe even most significantly, maybe even most importantly, uh, imagine the people in your life who are undevoted, maybe don't know Jesus, maybe disconnected from the church. They've been burned by the church before. Imagine them sitting in the empty spaces in these pews, right? Imagine that, that balcony being full with people. That's, that's a person who's a memorial builder. If you can get a picture, a vision in your mind of how God can use this space, how God can use this church, how God can use you or change you, right, in your life, that's what it means to be a memorial builder. These men were people who, who from this moment were inspired by God to make something of it that would change the course of their history and, uh, and, and other people's as a, a result. They weren't just people in the crowds who said, hey, that was kind of cool, right? And were excited about what God had just done. No, they were, they were people who decidedly demarcated in their lives uh, 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 and made a memorial for what God is going to do, right? Not just what he has done, thinking about what he will do in the next generation. So what's so cool about Revolution Church meeting down at the chapel, and we talked about this last Wednesday, is that um, the chapel was actually where North Riverside Baptist Church kind of began. That was it, right? I talked to uh, Pastor Chris Gurley, who's the the pastor of... um, North Riverside Baptist Church, and he was giving me a little bit of history about NRBC, and he was saying, you know, in, in the late 1940s, the, the people of NRBC, the church, they were just meeting in houses, right? They were meeting in the school across the street, and they had a burden on their heart for this community and for the gospel, and so that's what they were doing in 1948, and then by 1955, in the mid-50s, they were having service down there in the chapel, and it was, uh, 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 you know, filled with people for services, and, and, and that was it. And then years go by, and, and, and you've seen, if you've walked this space, it's huge, is it not? Right? They, they've got all kinds of classrooms. If you go upstairs, there's even more, and the fellowship hall down here, and this huge, beautiful sanctuary. The, the, this building has grown because North Riverside Baptist Church, they've, they've been a people a vision. They, they've been a people who have thought of the future. They've been a people who weren't content with just meeting in houses, right? They've been a people who were, were uh, excited in the moment about God, what God was doing, but also anticipatory of what God was going to do in the future. And so their vision carried them to grow and to grow and to grow. And I would even submit, I would say that the people of North Riverside Baptist Church, they weren't, they, they weren't just you know, future-thinking people back then. They're future-thinking people right now. The fact that they let us crazy people who can only worship with lights on the back of the stage, right, come into their space because it's their space, right, and have embraced even because they were already doing it, but even more embrace this idea of a multi-church campus. And so they, they are a people. They're, they're a church that have opened their doors wide to us and have... Um, and, and have been a people who think of the future. And, and so my encouragement for you tonight, those of you who are sitting in those pews right now, those of you who are a part of City Life Church, I, I want you to think about what the future of this church will look like, well, what the future of City Life will look like. Don't just come up to, 
come to service week by week, right? Come expecting uh, that God's going to change you, that God's going to change the city, that, that things are going to grow. Um, yeah, I can keep going, but, I, but I'm going to keep going. So uh, number two, the way to become, how do you become a uh, memorial builder instead of a meme monger? How do you become a memorial builder? Number two, it's by thinking of the future. Or, I'm sorry, by thinking of forever. So if you look in Joshua chapter 4, verse 7b, it says, These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. The memorial builders, they were forever-minded people. So if you will turn with me, um, I say with me, but I already got it up here. So turn. You turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 uh, through 11. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 11. I love this. It says, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, and that is Jesus Christ. So in this passage of scripture, and you can just kind of put your finger there because we're going to keep reading from that text. But in in that text, Paul is... uh, is writing to the church of Corinth and kind of introducing this metaphor about the Christian life, about Christianity, what it means. And he says, as a Christian, we are builders, basically. He, he, he says to us as builders of the house of God that our foundation is our salvation and, and that that foundation is just the beginning. See, there's a lot of Christians who, who think of salvation as the end, right? That's it. And, and I, I said the Lord's prayer and not the Lord's prayer, I said the prayer of salvation, right? I've accepted Jesus into my heart and now I'm going to heaven so I can kind of change my uh, religious status on Facebook. And, you know, whenever I do the census, I can check the Christian box like I'm a Christian now. I'm saved, I'm going to heaven and that's it, right? But that's just the foundation salvation is. There's, there's more to be built upon that foundation, and I know it can be kind of um, maybe heretical to say just the foundation. And let me say this, that, that our salvation, our grace, yes, it's the grace of God, that the ability that we are able to enter into heaven at the other side of eternity, that is, that's uh, the central focus of Christianity. But if that was it, if that was everything, right, then we would just beam up to heaven whenever we said that prayer, right? Life would be over and, and we'd be in heaven with Jesus and mission accomplished, we're there. There wouldn't be any commands in in the Bible that Jesus gives us, but he gives us commands because there's something left to build while we're on this earth. So if we keep reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. So our works are not the things that get us into heaven, right? But our works are the things that we build upon our salvation. Uh, Something that's so interesting about this passage of scripture to me is that we know 
and we see in scripture that we're not bringing anything with us, no possessions. We're not bringing any possessions, nothing uh, uh, like that, nothing physical do we get to bring into heaven. But it says what we bring with us is the effectiveness of our life here on earth. It says on the day of judgment, the effectiveness of your life, it's either going to be wood, straw, and hay, or, or it's going to be gold and jewel, jewels and, and, and silver. It, it's, that's what you get to bring, your effectiveness in this life on earth. And that's what you get to build with. Much of the work that we do in this life, though, it's about building the church, building the church. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, one of my favorite places in scripture, Ephesians chapter two, verse 20 through 21, it says, together we are his house. Other translations say members of the household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. If you're a Christian, then you are a part of the church. You're, you're, you're meant to be the church. You're meant to be the house of God. It even says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, we, it calls us living stones, right, in the temple of God, that, that we are living stones in the temple that God is building. And so you can, we have a responsibility as Christians, right, to insert ourselves into the house of God, to, to be the house of God. But there's a way of doing that. There are ways, a variety of ways of doing that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, it could be like hay, it could be like straw, right? It could be like wood, or, or it could be like gold. It could be like silver. It could be like costly jewels. So my question to you guys tonight is, are you forever minded? The work that you do here at City Life, the work that you do with your life, what you build on the foundation of your salvation are you thinking about its effectiveness? Are you thinking about its significance beyond just this moment? We don't want to just be people who get a bunch of likes in life, right? Because of all the, uh, 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 the feels we make people feel, right? We, we want to be people that have uh, um, an eternal effectiveness and that our lives, the works of our lives, they matter, right? What we do as a church, what we do in the church, it matters, and so um, I'm going to ask the band to come up and I'm going to close with this. So all of us, I would assume when we get to heaven, we, we, we want to come with gold, a life that, that has been gold and been silver and been uh, uh, worth costly jewels because of what we built in our lives with our works, with what God has given us. We want to be people who have given to the church and been the church and been costly materials within the walls of the church, right? Um, but I think what often happens and what often causes people to hesitate, what often causes people to become uh, uh, meme mongers instead of memorial builders is that it's so much easier to be a meme monger, right? It's so much easier to just be a bystander, to just be somebody who shows up, up, right? 
to, to be somebody who pushes that repost button, right? It's so much easier to witness it and be around it than it is for you to become a memorial builder. The reason is because it costs to build. Gold, jewelry, silver, those are costly items. And so when God says, man, when you, the works that you do in your life, they'll, they'll, that's what you build on your foundation. God's saying that those works, the, that gold, that, that silver, that jewelry, it's, gotta, it's gonna cost you something. And also what I love in that story in Joshua, if you look back, the language of the story tells us that the rocks that these memorial builders brought out of the river, these were not little pebbles, right? That you could just pick up real quick and then just kind of toss down onto the ground when you get onto the shoreline. These are heavy rocks. These are stones. It says that they, they uh, uh, lifted them. When they lifted them, they had to put them on their shoulders, right? They carried the burden, shouldered the weight of building the memorial that God was uh, telling the Israelites to build. And so I just want to encourage you tonight and give you an opportunity uh, to respond as a church in your hearts about what it means to you, what this moment means to you. Don't, Don't let this season pass you by and you're looking around and you're saying, man, aren't these, you know, chandeliers really cool? Aren't these pews really awesome? Isn't this exciting? I want to encourage you tonight as the people of City Life Church to ask yourself, how can I help build what's happening? I want to encourage you tonight to think of the future. I want to encourage you tonight to think of forever. Don't let the cost hold you back. So many people, I'll say this real quick and then I'll let the band go, but but so many people I think get held back from giving their lives, not just to the church, And I'm not just talking about our church, but to the kingdom of God because of this cost. And maybe you're here tonight and it's always, you've you've come to church. You've been uh, someone who sits in the four walls of the church, but you've never been a part of the walls. (laughs) You've never been a living stone in the walls, shouldering the, the weight because of the responsibility of relationships, because of the weight of accountability right? Because, because man, they're going to depend on me to have to show up. And, and, and I don't know if I, I'm ready for that. I want to encourage you, if you want to go to heaven with, with an effective life, a life that, that has co- been costly and has an eternal significance, then it's going to cost you something. And it's so worth the cost because when you give it, you grow, you progress, and there's a future for you future for the people in your life. So I want to invite you to stand. We're going to worship. I want to invite you as we worship to to ask God for a vision for your life, a vision for the people in your lives. How, God, can you use me in City Life? And if you're visiting tonight from another church, God, how can you use me in my local church to uh, uh, have eternal significance? Let's sing together.